It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour. Good luck to both sides. May the best team win. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Daily. In fact, we're going to rename it. It's the India Against England Daily Podcast now because we're into white ball zone. But just for the moment, we are looking at your Ask Badger question. Hashtag Ask Badger on at cricket underscore badger if you want to send in any questions for the fan badges and myself over forthcoming episodes. And thank you so far for quite a few Ask Badger questions that have been sent in. We've got Knuckle, Dan and Rito with us at the moment. And uh, the first question, that has come in for you uh, on today's show comes from Garvit and he basically asks and this is really for England supporters which I, I guess loosely you, you can all be England appreciators Ashes or World Cup or well, I guess Ashes or World T20 Rito as an England fan obviously although based in India what would you prefer to see England lifting the Ashes or England having the World Cup or the World T20 yeah James I would probably say I would like to see England lifting the little uh, they have been won it since 2015 now they have been focusing on that ashes down in Australia for quite some time now and all their efforts all their rotations seem to be going in that direction so that must be the priority in this calendar year how about you then Dan the urn or a, a ICC global event title um, I, I do want to say the Ashes purely because you know it's um, like Rita said it's been quite a while since we've beaten the Aussies now and I think we've got the 50 over World Cup to fall back on so it's almost ticked that um, white ball box and I think holding the, the 50 over World Cup and the Ashes at the same time would be something that a lot of England fans could have only dreamed of not too long ago however 
I am I'm not the biggest fan of the the rhetoric that the Ashes are the be all and end all in English cricket. I think as we've seen in the Test series just gone, I think focus could be placed on um, other areas with the Red Bull that they could improve on. But I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yeah, I'll have to. I would have to say the Ashes to be honest. Knuckle, you're a kind of more of a neutral like myself on these podcasts. And I don't know we've talked about format wars and stuff in the past, which uh, you're not a fan of. If you could uh, steer England towards one trophy, um, would it be the urn or would it be uh, the the World T20? I, I reject the false dichotomy of the question. Frankly, the the fact that the question <laughs> the fact that the question gets asked and the fact that for a long time English cricket thought that you could only prioritise one over the other and basically had test cricket and then everything else didn't matter is why it took until 2019 for England to win a 50 well, over World I was, Cup I was going to say Knuckle there's no no reason why the trophy cabinet couldn't have the World Cup the World T20 and the urn in it is there? Well that's quite right no men's team has ever held the 50 over and T20 World Cup simultaneously that would be an immense achievement for, for England and only really fitting of how good they are and how much depth there is England have a chance to build a white ball dynasty of the type not seen since the war and then ponting Australians and I don't think that it's unreasonable to suggest that they could do that and make a serious challenge slash hold the ashes at the same time, which would make a lot of people who've been complaining about England over the last few weeks potentially reconsider. Uh, it'll be quite interesting to see uh, what, what those same people are saying if that happens. I, I don't see any reason why both cannot be serious targets. And I, I think that the the asking of the question, I'm not picking on the questionnaire per per se but the fact that the question gets asked in those in those either or terms is uh is part of what's held english cricket back for so long in a way coming back to dan and, and your answer dan as a, as a young englishman growing up getting into cricket we are almost kind of trained to believe that the ashes is the be all and end all are we uh, that little urn you, when you've got your dreams of playing for england as a youngster you, you're kind of imagining yourself as a, an ashes winning captain or scoring a century at the uh, gabba or something like that in a way we've kind of got to get away from that as Knuckles says you know there, there are plenty of other countries in the world there are plenty of other rivalries that we can embrace and plenty of other silverware that can be won Exactly, yeah. I think a, a more pertinent question perhaps would be in a couple of years' time, would you rather win the World Test Championship or the Ashes? That might be the um, a more sort of reasonable question. I don't know. And I still think the answer across, well, probably 99% of English cricket fans would be the Ashes. Like Knuckles said, that attitude is one that's always sort of disappointed me. It may be because, I don't know, growing up, I was, I was used to us losing the Ashes. You know, 90s cricket was... Uh, not a great time to be an England fan especially in Ashes cricket or any sort of cricket really to be honest and it kind of um, I, I don't know maybe a World Cup in that period would have sort of uh, softened the blow do you see what I'm trying to say James? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah totally I think I, I just think yeah I, I do agree I think the attitude does need to shift and I think it's one that would benefit us across the board in all forms of cricket because you know if you'd have said to the Australian team of you know the great Australian team that Nackle mentioned if, if you could win a World Cup or the Ashes they'd, they'd laugh and they'd say we're winning both. Yeah, we, we've so, got them both yeah. in our back pocket already, so, so stop yeah, asking the question. <laughs> Rito, I mean, in, in terms of England, and, and you kind of look back in history, the, the teams that are heralded, almost a player's legacy has been dictated by their performances against Australia in, in, in an Ashes. We look back and we look back at the glorious captains of old, and they tend to be always the guys that have the Ashes urn on their CV as well. That, do you think England, English cricket needs to kind of get away from that a little bit? The Ashes is always going to be important and hold a special place 
place in the hearts. But as I just said to Dan, there's plenty of other matches out there. Yeah, as a, probably a foreigner watching English cricket, it feels as if the whole build-up of the series, this is what careers are defined by, the performance in Ashes matches. That's why I probably said that Joe Root would probably have that little learn under, under his captaincy and and ask Owen Morgan to sacrifice his players like he did for, for him. Joe Root's captaincy will be defined to some extent by his performance this winter, won't it, in, in Australia? Because he's obviously got a very high win percentage. He, he's won series in difficult circumstances. But unless he actually wins the Ashes urn, it's always going to be the kind of asterisk against his captaincy that he, he never won against Australia. Yeah, let's be honest about Joe Root's captaincy. Yes, he has won a, a couple of series in Sri Lanka, in South Africa, but he failed to regain that trophy in, in the UK in 2019. So if he can't regain it back in Australia, then probably that's it for him he won't get in another chance of winning it back from the Aussies probably another someone else will have that chance next time yeah not many captains get more than two or three goes at winning the Ashes do they and uh, Joe Root it's a big series for him coming up in the winter but there are other trophies to be won as well and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle. If you would like to get in touch with the Cricket Badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger. Thank you very much indeed to Black Rat Cricket for their support of these podcasts. And they've joined forces with the Badger. It's the Rat and the Badger giving you a fantastic opportunity to win a classic bat. That bat could be yours. It's between 2.09 to 2.11 pounds. Butterfly, willow, handmade, UK made. And it'll come to your door, knocked in and ready to go for the season ahead. If you want to win that cricket bat and score some runs with Black Rat Cricket this summer, we need you to do three things. You need to be following the at cricket underscore badger Twitter feed. You need to be following at Black Rat Cricket on Twitter too. And then you need to email the answer of this question to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Which player scored a double century in the first test match of the current India versus England series? Which player scored a double century for England in the current India versus England test match series? Send that answer and your name and address to james at cricketbadgerpod.com. Don't forget, you need to be following at cricket underscore badger and at black rat cricket on Twitter. Good luck, everybody. That bat could be yours. The draw will be made after the final one day game in this current India versus England series. It's that badger style. Um, another question that's come in, and I can't really read the name out because it's a load of letters and numbers, um, but thank you for your question anyway. But his Ask Badger question, Rohit or Virat, choose one in the white ball format. Now, that's an interesting one because I went back to him and said, what do you mean as captain or just as a player? And he said, both, please. So, Knuckle, I'm going to come to you. And I know you hate these either or questions, but there's only one place left. We're picking a world, I'll and say, for uh, a white ball event. And there's only Rohit and uh, Virat left on the subs bench. There's just one place left which player gets in well, I think for a century, you even have to split the question down further. I think for a T20 World Cup, I'm going Rohit Sharma. I think there are more players who can do similar jobs to, to Virat Kohli as that sort of number three anchor position. Um, but but Rohit Sharma's record in international T20, much, much better actually than his domestic T20 record. His IPL record is nowhere near as good as his international record, which is quite interesting. But uh, his his ability to score hundreds, his ability to, uh, he's one of the big, best six hitters 
in T20 cricket in, in the international formats. It's not impossible that Rohit Sharma could end up with a T20 double hundred outdoing Chris Gale, in fact, because no one's actually done it yet. Um, in, in the ODI format, it's a much harder question because they're both in an all-time 11, an all-time world 11. I think if you're if you're looking at it, you could probably say that there are fewer people who can do Virat Kohli's job as well in an ODI format as they can as Rohit Sharma's. You know, there's a lot of good openers around. You know, you just a, just look at England for example, and there's a, there's a few there. So just about shading Virat Kohli in in the ODI formats, which is incredibly harsh because Rohit Sharma is for me in an all time world 11 of of odi cricketers so it's uh i think if you're if you're selecting your team and you've ended up with those two fighting it out for the last spot something's gone wrong in your selection process <laughs> i mean you've got a very good team already as well i would imagine I maybe mean, those two are the, the last two choices against the the school ground wall it's a bit like choosing man my favorite sweets what are they I mean, maybe wine gums and aniseed balls that's like asking me to choose between those two you just can't do it rito in terms of the captaincy of the two and um, we talked a little bit about um virat's test captaincy over the last couple of days but in terms of white ball captaincy Raj made a really interesting point on a previous podcast where he said in test cricket Vera has a chance to go with the flow a little bit more it's a longer day isn't it you can kind of maybe make a mistake and you can come back and rectify it quite comfortably and he's obviously got a very good team got a very good team in white ball as well but it goes a lot quicker doesn't it white ball cricket particularly the T20 format if you make a mistake um, in a a white ball game a T20 game you haven't got the time to recover necessarily Rowett's obviously got a far better record in the IPL than Virat Kohli. Where would you go in captaincy in terms of the white ball? I would pick Roy Sharma, the captain, all the because Virat Kohli hasn't won a single silverware yet. And that's why captains are generally defined by how many trophies they have won. And Rohit Sharma in his uh, IPL career, he has now, what, five IPL trophies in the space of seven years? That's extraordinary, isn't it? Dan, I'm going to ask you quite the same question. I'm going to rephrase it for you. So if you've got an answer prepared, I do apologise. But if I was to offer you a chance to go down the pub with Rohit Sharma or down the pub with Virat Kohli for two or three hours on an evening nice gentle chat alongside the fireplace you can have your coffee you can have something stronger if you want which one would you prefer to go out with for the night i think rohit sharma would be a far more laid back evening i think it'd be um it'd be better company but i reckon virat with a drink in him would be um quite (laughs) quite the laugh quite a different prospect i think on field virat's personality is very different his persona is very different from from off field from all accounts but you know it'd be be quite a decision to have to um pass on the chance to have a drink with virat Kohli and question that brain and everything that's happened to him in his career but i just think row it'd be you know a little bit more uh laid back it'd be up for you know see where the night takes him and probably end up in a ditch somewhere at 4am with me (laughs) Nakul I'm going to ask you that same question because I quite like that question actually Virat or Rowit for a night out it's interesting I think that Virat Kohli and everything I've seen of him off field is really quite engaging and really very very interesting personality and Dan Dan's right there's there's a complete difference in his on field and off field personas I I find Virat Kohli fascinating uh, in terms of his his mindset and in terms of how he's arrived at at being this person who sets these incredibly high standards for himself and the people around him. So I think the the opportunity to pick that brain would be too good to pass up. What about you, Rito? You can say one of the two out for a night. Who are you going to take? Firstly, there's no chance of me taking them out. Well, I, I, re- I realise that, Rito. I don't think, I'm, I'm <laughs> not expecting your phone to ring shortly after this podcast goes out. But if, hypothetically, you could do. If I could pick out probably Rohit Sharma, he's the most sort of down-to-earth kind of guy for me, I think. I'm right, going to move on then to the next question. Rito, you've got to play the game. Mm-hmm. 
badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. Ollie has been in touch on the hashtag Ask Badget. And this is a big question, chaps, and it's totally down to you how deeply you want to get into this. But he says, with the ECB being accused of failing the Rooney rule, um, we'll, I'll tell you, I'll kind of try and explain that in a little bit in a second. But um, with the new appointments they made coaching wise, how do the ECB correct the claim of jobs for the boys and replace the current coaching staff with a more diverse representation? Now, obviously, sort of racism and cricket and everything has hit the headlines a little bit over the last 12 months. We've got various things on going in terms of uh, investigations at Yorkshire with Azim Rafiq. Ishi Darwood's uh, got a claim in with the ECB alongside John Holder as well. The Rooney rule is something which is to do with employment law um, and it basically came from Dan Rooney, the former chair of the NFL's Diversity Committee. The rule basically demands that a non-white candidate be interviewed for every senior coaching role and that's been adopted by the ECB after various criticisms and, and suggestions last year that maybe they needed to look at themselves in terms of coaches within the English game. Then obviously just recently we've seen Jeetan Patel, John Lewis, Marcus Rizkothic appointed to various roles with the England side and more notably Richard Dawson, former head coach of Gloucestershire, has been appointed the elite performance pathway coach. His was done without interview and that was uh, led George DeBell in Crick Info to write the uh, piece suggesting that maybe that was the ECB going against their own guidelines that they'd suggested. The fact that obviously uh, Richard Dawson had been a appointed without interview meant that there wasn't any other candidates, let alone a uh, person of colour in the reckoning for that role. What the ECB have come back with is they've said that because we interviewed so many people for the Patel, Lewis and Triscothic roles, we felt that we'd already um, interviewed enough people of from all sorts of different backgrounds to mean that we could appoint Richard Dawson without having to have that formal interview process. Knuckle, um, start with you on this one. Do you think the ECB are talking the talk and, and walking the walk or do you think there's something that's maybe a little bit more i mean the suggestion is the ecb is saying the right things but not doing the right things yeah and that suggestion has been made by ismail dawood who's quoted in the piece and there's uh someone who wouldn't speak to george debell on the record or at least give their own name because they fear it might jeopardize future employment who says much the same thing and i think it's quite hard to argue with uh, with that uh, with that sentiment that the ECB have not yet, at least, it's relatively recently that the Rooney rule was in was taken on by the ECB last year, uh, have not yet done so, and that unless uh, unless there is serious institutional will to do so, then this is going to be another round of uh, well-meaning statements not really backed up. I find the ECB's explanation for Richard Dawson's role not being put out to interview unsatisfactory, saying that we've interviewed lots of people for these other roles, therefore we don't have to interview someone for this role. That doesn't cut it that, that's not good enough you interview someone for the specific role potentially different factors different levels of you know, d- different backgrounds different things you're looking for in particular roles 
you know, that role is different to the one that Triscothi got, different to the one that Patel got. Well, quite right. It's the, uh, particularly with the pathway group, you're looking at up and coming players. You're looking at players coming through the system. And we know from the testimony, the likes of Ismail Darwood and Azim Rafiq and John Holder and the work that Ebony Rainford, Brent and Chevy Green are doing at the ACE programme. We know that players of colour are disproportionately struggling to get through that system. And so in many ways, that's one of the most important roles uh, in terms of having a sense of all of that and in terms of having a sense of all of the different challenges. From every from everything that I've read about Richard Dawson, he will do a very good job in that role and he's very well qualified. Absolutely. It's not, it's, this isn't a criticism of him at all, is it? No, and, and Ismail Dalwood, I think, makes the same point in the, in the, in the DeBell article. But the fact that he essentially seems to have been given the job as sort of... <laughs> It looks worryingly as though he may have been given the job because he didn't get the elite spin bowling job, which is not really how a proper organization should be appointing senior managers and people of people in senior positions of responsibility. It may well have been the case that Richard Dawson, through a proper interview process, would have emerged at the out, as the outstanding candidate. But all the Rooney rule is meant to do is to ensure that people of color, qualified people of color, are getting a chance to show themselves and to prove themselves because that hasn't been happening organically. And that clearly hasn't been happening the organic in the ECB. We know that what you know what John Holder was saying uh, when he launched his lawsuit, the ECB hasn't appointed the, a, a person of colour to an umpiring position in decades. Yeah. Now that, that's not that's not good enough. And I think of the senior management positions moving away from the playing site, Mo Bobut is probably the only one that I can think of who is a uh, uh, maybe Sanjay Patel, I think he was who was involved in as well at the at the top levels. But there's a couple. Uh, and what the Rooney rule is meant to do is basically say to organizations, you haven't done this organically, therefore we are going to make you hold yourself to the promise of interviewing at least one person of colour for every senior position. Warwickshire were the first county to apply the Rooney rule in their search for a head coach. I interviewed Mark Robinson, who was taken on that role, and he was he was appointed through a interview process that took on the Rooney rule. And I, I asked him about it, and he you know he's very much behind the the principle of it. And one of the things actually that he was appointed for, if um, if we take Paul Farbrace's uh, Warwickshire director of cricket's statement of value is that he had a very clear plan and a very clear vision to reintegrate Warwickshire's black uh, and Asian populations uh, within the to the club to to to, to try and bridge that divide and try and reduce that sense of alienation that uh, that has that has developed and that we've heard with a lot of counties. But Warwickshire were the first ones to do it and they made that appointment, I think, late last year, early this year. The fact that it's taken this long for one county to to employ the Rooney rule in their in their appointment of a head coach is not good enough and I think shows you why the Rooney rule had to be imposed and it is it is a bit worrying that, that the ECB have seemingly abandoned it uh, in favour of expediency for one of their own positions. We could talk about the Rooney rule because I mean obviously if you're an open and an honest and, and an organisation that's doing things the right way you shouldn't really need the Rooney rule. If you're not that organisation then basically you're just going through the motions and not appointing that person anyway aren't you potentially um, so there are, there are drawbacks with the Rooney rule but at least it's kind of pushing organisations in that right direction um, for me. But I, I've spoken to Knackle. I mean, I obviously interviewed Michael Carberry probably about a year ago now, isn't it? Um, Azim Rafiq last summer. And because of that, 
I've had other people talk to me regularly on issues of racism in cricket. And more than one has said to me, I don't want to go on the record for this. In the same way the person in George's piece didn't want to go on the record and give their name because of, you know, potentially, it might affect their future employment prospects. Now, if people are that worried about that happening to them, if they go on the record making legitimate claims of racism or certainly you know, suggestions of racism, that shows such there's something wrong in cricket, doesn't there? Because if you were quite happy there was no racism in cricket anymore, you would be happy to put your name to it, wouldn't you? You would. That that implicit threat wouldn't be there. Or even if the threat, you know, we don't, we can't, you, you can't possibly know whether whether somebody go by going on the record is 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 jeopardising their future employment prospects. But then again, you look at the fact that John Holder was the last umpire of colour to be appointed and hasn't been able to move up for, through the system and that Ismail Dawood has uh, has been blocked and that, you know, Azim Rafik has had to sue his own employer to try and get some, some justice. You look at all of these things and you look at the fact that the Rooney rule has had to be imposed and you look at the, the makeup of the ECB at senior management level. You look at the fact that there, I think there are currently no head coaches of colour in, in across the county championship teams. You look at all of these different factors. Just um, Surrey, isn't there? Who appointed... Vikram Solanke. Okay, sorry. So one out of the 19. I've, I've heard Mark Elaine speak very well on this on this topic about the, the lack of opportunities for coaches of colour. You look at all of these things. You look at the fact that the ACE programme had to be set up because there are now nine players of colour in the... Oh, nine black players, sorry, I should say, uh, in the in the county championship and that uh, black participation in the recreational game has fallen by 75% in the last 20 years. You look at all of these factors and you look at the fact that we are living in a, in a cultural time where open expressions of racism are much more acceptable, frankly, and have carry far fewer consequences than they have um, certainly at any point in my lifetime. And, and you look at the fact that, you know, we, we have a government that is wedded to the idea of the hostile environment and where the likes of Boris Johnson and Donald Trump have been openly and unapologetically racist and rise to the highest positions of power in their countries. You look at the fact that more and more countries are embracing certainly hard right and in many cases fascist leaders and you would wonder is this going to come back at me why would i make myself a target and uh, frankly you look at what's been happening with the you know i've been very bored by the whole Meghan markle uh, royal family story but the the fact that the certain elements of the right wing british press are so threatened by her yeah. you look at all of those things and you wonder it takes a hell of a strength a lot of strength of character to make oneself a target for no obvious gain well you you, you put your head above the parapet to be shot down don't you and that's the, that's the worry i think for some people Dan, looking at uh, the the current situation, I mean, I, I retweeted George's piece about the Rooney Rule, and one person just replied to that. I'm not going to name him, but it just said it was the sleepy symbol with the, the Zs. This is an issue that we don't just get bored of. It's, this is an issue that we need to keep front and centre of any debate that we have. Otherwise, if we don't do that, we go to bed tonight, we wake up tomorrow, everything stays the same. And in 10 years and in 20 years, nothing changes because nobody who is responsible feels threatened enough to actually make any any decisions that change. We can't afford to be do the snore symbols on stuff like this. We need to keep it up front and centre, don't we? Exactly. Um, I thought... Knuckle spoke fantastically there and 
covered many points that I was thinking of myself. It's a systemic problem worldwide, not even countrywide. I think we have a, a problem specifically in this country where very much as a society stuck in our ways. It doesn't feel at times we're the most progressive nation. I think <laughs> it's such a massive problem for a cricket podcast to, um, to talk about, to be honest. I don't think, you know, anyone's expecting us to sort of come up with a magic answer. But I think, Dan, though, the, the, what I've said often on this podcast is that because initially a lot of people said to me, cricket isn't racist. And my answer to that is it's probably not in some places. It probably is in some others. But if cricket is part of society and society is racist, then it only logically follows that parts of cricket are racist as well. It exactly, just, it's just yeah. logic. It's a logical progression of the argument, isn't it? If, if cricket is a, a little bit racist, it's racist at the end of the day. And I think, you know, the media have a lot to answer for in this country. I think when it's not out and out sort of, um, although at times it has been, it's not the out and out blatant racism you see in the press. It's the subtle underlines of racism that appear in, in stories and drive the narrative. One thing I would like to raise, and it's, it's in a different sport, you only got to look at Marcus Rashford. What that young lad has done in football has sort of, you know, changed the game for what we can expect from our icons. And yet still articles appeared, knocking his family, knocking things he's bought for his family. You know, he's he's done a magnificent thing to highlight things about, you know, the with the with the school meals for, for underprivileged children. And they still knock him for it. And if, if you strip it all back and question that from um, a basic human point of view, what what are they trying to gain other than, you know, keeping the, the status quo as it is because it's benefiting the people who it benefit the most? One thing I would just like to add on the Rooney rule and, and something that we haven't touched on yet, I think the Rooney rule is in danger of becoming more of a token gesture to be honest and I think that's you know you can sort of relate it to to taking a knee in in in, in football I think that's not going to be well I know it's not going to be enough we need systemic change we don't need token gesture to think you know um, oh we're going to interview a black coach we know he's got no chance of getting the job we're going to interview him anyway just to tick a box that is doing more harm than good if you didn't interview the black coach in my opinion and I also you know you look at the Rooney rule is it broken is it an old concept I've, I've looked at some stats concerning the NFL when it was first introduced in two 2003, the percentage of head coaches employed who are black is remarkably similar. And this sort of, you know, it's getting on for, it's 18 years later now and we haven't, there's about 2% increase, I think, when I looked going to go across to Rita with something very similar to what you've just said there really I was going to introduce this next question along the lines of the, the guys in the Premier League taking the knee Rito uh, which I'm sure you've seen across there in India because the Premier League gets beamed everywhere and somebody I was talking to the other day was saying it does remind people obviously but for those that are against it they get increasingly angry because they're seeing it all the time for those that people that support it it's just there and it may be it's that fluffy exterior that we're talking about with the, you know, potentially the Rooney rule and, and stuff like that it's kind of looking good to the outside world but does it actually change the mechanics underneath everything else it's actually not making any difference really is it I'm not denying the fact that there is racism present everywhere there obviously is racism in the society and if cricket is a part of that society there is obviously racism in cricket in case of this Richard Dawson interview case I would probably say that ECB has incurred a lot of losses in this in the post-COVID world so they're maybe looking to cut into some losses over there and I call the taking the knee in the Premier League I I initially really supported it I'm not sure it's actually doing anything now what's your view on that to your point of people who are against it being angry if you are a racist you're going to be angry at any sign of progress so I don't think those I don't think the views of people who, who who think that way need to be taken into account if you're going to if you're going to try and do something positive and then stop the minute there's some opposition um, what was the point in you doing it in the first place taking the knee in, in football and cricket I think it is important because it does get people talking about uh, it does get people talking about things they weren't talking about before 
before, and it's made uh, along with the the global resurgence. It's not quite the right word, but the the global rise in consciousness of the Black Lives Matter movement sparked by the murder of George Floyd last year. We're having conversations that we weren't having before, and yep. that's at least a starting point. Uh, and it's making it unignorable. You know, the Premier League is this massive global product, as is international cricket. I don't buy the argument that by taking the knee, that doesn't mean you don't that doesn't mean that means that you're only doing the symbolic thing and therefore you're automatically ignoring the systemic and the and the things that affect you, actual you change. still need to why be can't doing you do both yeah why can't you i was do gonna both? say you need to still be doing that behind the taking of the knee as well though don't you you do but why i don't i don't with all respect to the likes of les ferdinand and and, and people who have said uh who have made this this point and uh and have been against taking the knee because they say that it seems a distraction or or something that or that they would rather focus on systemic change i would my counter to that would be why can't you do both and actually that both is quite important to be able to change the change the public face and change the public perception might make it that little bit easier to do to implement all of the systemic things that need to happen yeah uh it might make it that the, the two might work well together and, it, and in cricket i interviewed ebony rainford brent at an ace session and she was not really trying to hide her disappointment that england men stopped taking the knee after the west indies went home and that cricket missed a chance there to make a serious statement for a year yep. or so by by having this be a uh, something that all of England's men's players bought into and they understood the reasons for, and so that it didn't feel so much like a token gesture to the West Indies, which frankly it did uh, by the fact of not while it was happening, but afterwards uh, by the by the stopping of it um, through the through the Pakistan and the Australia series. Um, I'm glad that England's women were were taking were taking the knee a bit more over. A, much more of a long of a longer term period which i think you know we, we've we've seen some of the 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 somewhat more toxic culture of men's cricket rather than women's cricket in uh, and and fandom in the last few days with the uh, with the rory burns and alex hartley thing but that's a definitely a, a different conversation but i don't i don't see that the one that the important symbolism and the important public facing gestures and these these conversations starting and and co- potentially conversation changing things like taking the knee i don't see that 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 means that you can't do the other thing and i think that actually in many ways an organization that is committed to doing both has a better chance of succeeding yep no i totally agree i totally agree with that it's a massive subject we could talk about that for five podcasts ten podcasts and we will keep talking about it because it's something that we're not going to put on the back burner on the cricket badger podcast and if you put the z sign next to a tweet that comes out with racism in this podcast title then you need to look at yourself because this is something that the whole society sport cricket everybody still needs to keep talking about otherwise we're never going to make any changes or any progress in that type of area there's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? There's a rat in the kitchen, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get a black rat, cricket bat. Here it fans. The best kit available to maximise those scoring opportunities from blackratcricket.com. Bats made by cricketers for cricketers. Make 2021 count with Black Rat Cricket. Let's finish with one very quick question. It's a little bit more fluffy. Um, I did a top 10. I think it ended up being top 11 of my favourite players the other day. My current favourite players. I just want one name from you. And I know, Knackle, you can't do a short answer. But one name from you. Who is your current favourite player in world cricket? I'm going to go with someone you didn't mention. Niroshan Dikwela. I love watching him behind the stumps. He's so much fun. He's a, he's pretty chaotic, but in a brilliant way. Good. That's he nearly made my 11. Dan. 
Rashad Pant for the same reasons. Um, I think he's it, not as chaotic, but you know, the, it's just pure box office, absolute entertainment, and he's everything that's great about cricket. He's, he's not much lower on the chaos rate um, ratings, I don't think, <laughs> Rishabh. There's never a dull moment when he's out there in the middle. Um, Rito, what about you? Jimmy Anderson, the way he is proving people wrong at the age of 38 is he's just my favourite. Good answer. Good answer. Tell us what you think at cricket underscore badger. Send in some more questions for the hashtag Ask Badgers section of this podcast. Thanks for all your questions so far. It's been much appreciated and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to the fan badges talking about it. Dan, Knuckle and Rito, thank you for your time today. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the, what we're now calling the India versus England daily podcast. I've been James, the Cricket Badger, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening. We will be back every day during England's tour of India. Get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on Twitter. We hope you are enjoying the cricket. See you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.